prayed in that man's name. Based on the strength of what you said. The man is still 19-5-1. It's a damn good record. Not too many people are looking him in his face and saying, I beat you. So I'm just interested to see what Tyron Willie does next. And, and Tyron Willie is one of those, if he did say that he walked away right now, I would be like, good for you. Good for you. You still got your brain cells. Walk away. I was just going to say that. <laughs> still got your brain cells. Walk away. You, can still you don't think. have to do it. You can still think. And you're still a brilliant commentator. Like, if you ever hear him break down certain things, it's like. No, nah, I got to go look at that. Tyron's, Tyron, I'm telling you, bro. T Tyron, DC, Paul Felder. Oh, DC's um, great. Dan Hardy, Michael Bisping. Uh, I, don't, I don't even think Dan Hardy does it anymore. But when Dan Hardy was doing it, he was brilliant. Um, Kenny Florian, when Ken Flo was doing it. Bro, I could go all day, bro. I love DC's commentary. I'm telling you, man. We need to. I understand it's three losses on his record. Two are to John Jones, and one is to a dude that he beat. DC has an argument for GOAT. He's one of the best ever. Like, DC has argument for GOAT in combat sports. And it sucks because a lot of people only saw the uh, the Bones fights. Yeah. So they don't know how, really, how good he is. I mean, man, I told you, man, looking at DC... And following his career a little bit, because I, I didn't, I didn't follow all of his career until like the middle. I kind of caught, like, kind of caught on, um, caught along in the middle. But I'm not gonna lie, man. I remember Anthony Rumble Johnson when he was a welterweight, and him knocking 170, 170 pounders heads off their shoulders. I remember that. So when he went to light heavyweight, I was like, "You gave him 35 more pounds? Oh my gosh, he's gonna kill dudes in there." When he was facing D.C., I was like, D.C. wants to wrestle. Anthony Rumble Johnson has one of the hardest uppercuts I've ever seen in my life. I said, this ain't going to work. I said, D.C., I rock with you, but this ain't going to work. <laughs> when I watched D.C. ragdoll Anthony Rumble Johnson, I said, wait a minute. I, I looked at my dad during that whole fight and said, can we discuss this when this is over? Because this man is putting on a clinic. And I told my dad, you may not like him. My, not that my dad doesn't like him, but I told my dad, like, a person may not like him, but D.C. is similar to Henry Cejudo. Ironically enough, they train together. They were in the Olympics together. They do what they say. I tell you, I'm going to take you in there, press you against the cage, and pound your head in. And they do it. Hmm. When's D.C.'s next fight? I'm waiting. Does anybody know? No. No. So here's the deal. Um... DC's waiting for Stipe Miocic, but who's the heavyweight champion? They're waiting for their tri for their trilogy. DC for a while said he would only come back to fight two people, John Jones or Stipe. That's it. And then when Francis started doing what he was doing, he was like, "All right, I'll fight Francis too." Like those three. And his thing even was, he was saying that kind of even with the John Jones thing, unless they're fighting at heavyweight and it makes sense, he's kind of off of that too. Because it kind of happened. It's no longer like John's not actively fighting and even his heavyweight situation because of sleep, it's delayed. So he's kind of off of that John thing. So he's looking at heavyweight, which again, this is why John is talking about moving up to heavyweight. He wants to end his career at heavyweight, whatever. Um, I think you're looking at Francis Ngannou, Stipe, Daniel Cormier, Curtis Blades has Alexander Volkov coming up. But I think he will probably get that win, and then Curtis Blades is back in that conversation. 
And then you have like four or five heavyweights that all have arguments for being like number one contender or wanting to fight the number one guy. So I think the heavyweight division is kind of in flux right now, bro. I do. Because Stipe's not healthy. But he won't. He's not injured enough, I don't think, to vacate the title. Right. So I'm not. I think it's just it's, it's in the air right now. I don't know if it means anything, but. I'd love to see a trilogy with him in D.C. Does it have to take place at heavyweight, though? No. no. I mean. It, I don't think D.C. goes back down and faces him at 205 again. Because even if he wins, it's the record, if you look at it, is one and two. Well, what is D.C. way now? He, he's fighting at heavyweight. So he walks around more than, I'm, and this is an estimate, I would assume D.C. walks around more than 230. From looking at him, I could, yeah. John walks around at 230. Yeah, there's a. I think DC's what five eleven. Five eleven, yes sir. And John six four. Six four, yeah. They carry weight differently, to say the least. Nah, for sure, based on stature and everything. But I think that's why they fight so differently. And I think with with DC, and this is what's interesting too, because when you watch those two fights, I told you I watched DC. You could tell he didn't like John, so he was. No, it was personal. It was a hundred percent. Those two men do not like each other. <laughs> at all but what's interesting about that though is john is such a, a, a expert at brazilian jiu-jitsu you can't just take him to the ground and assume he's gonna just sit there john has long legs and arms like you could get caught in a triangle choke and don't even know and you'll you'll look up and be like what happened anderson silva did it to chael sonnen chael sonnen was whooping anderson silva that whole five-round fight caught him last moment choked them out and with with dc i think if they fight at heavyweight dc walks around with more of his natural weight and i think he has a little bit more of a chance to take john down and hold him so i think if they fight at heavyweight i think it might be a, a, a little bit different of a fight i don't know if the outcome is different but it, i think it'll be a different type of fight plus what kind of i'm not gonna say bones is out of his prime but right do we know if he's still the same guy that fought dc last time Because, I mean, I, John won his last two fights, of course. But I told my dad, even that Tiago Santos fight, when it was, was it this Tiago Santos fight? No, that might have been a Dominic Reyes fight. So the Tiago Santos fight, I remember telling my dad specifically that even when John knew that he tore his AC, I think it was in the second round, John wouldn't get close. Because Tiago, I mean, knuckles on anybody's chin regardless of how much of a granite chin you have certain people if their knuckles hit your chin it's a little different right and tiago santos is one of those people and even with a torn acl he was walking john down john of course had that quad kick and i know it was burning every time he kicked him in that in the top of that knee but i told my dad that let me know something because i feel like younger and granted like you said we're watching a, a legend age and, and progress and we're watching his prime and these different things i told my dad i feel like a younger john would have seen that injury and been like it's i'm go gonna time. walk him down yeah it's go time and i told him the fact that he didn't was interesting to me the dominic reyes fight i told my dad i truthfully speaking i have no problem admitting it i didn't know dominic reyes before the john jones fight i had no clue who he was so i did my research and i told my dad i was like this is about to be Gustafson one. Like the first time he fought Gustafson, this is going to be it again. John's going to have a hard time with this. And I told my dad, one thing was telling for me after the fight, when Joe Rogan was interviewing John, 
he said Dominic was a hell of a competitor, whatever the case may be, yada, yada, yada. He was saying that he felt like the fourth and fifth rounds, he turned it on, and he felt like in the rounds where he got takedowns, he won. that's what won him the fight. I told him after the fight, have you ever heard John Jones defend his performance? He said no. I said, are we 100% sure that John thinks he won that fight? So it wouldn't surprise me if now when I look at John, now when I look at John asked to move up to heavyweight and Dana said that he's asking for an absorbing, uh, an absorbing amount of money, I wonder how much of that is because somebody somebody asked John and I'm happy he, on, he answered it honestly. Somebody said, isn't legacy more important than money? John said, honestly, no. <laughs> That's the most bones answer I could think of. But I, I love the way he said it, because, of course, for most fighters, yeah, it is. But like John said, honestly, no. But he put a comment and said, when you've reached the stage that I have, like he said, his legacy. I can retire today. His legacy's already set in stone. You know who Bones is, so why not pad my pockets if you want to still see me fight? I'm with it. I'm with it. Because boxing, Max says it all the time. It's prize fighting. Yes, the belts are cool. You get the bigger prize fights with the belt, but you're chasing the biggest contract. You're chasing the biggest payout. You're putting literally your life on the line. Yeah. So when I look or at, or at it least a, like serious injury. Your life. Yeah, your life. I mean, so yeah, I want to get. If I'm gonna go in there, <laughs> I want to get paid as much as I can. But not only that, in mixed martial arts, when you compare the payouts and you compare that I can, and you compare the fact that I can use elbows, knees, and feet in this one, but I get paid less in this one. I know they're hated. How does that make any sense? So I'm kind of with John Jones. When you've reached my level, no, you start to pay me Conor McGregor levels. I'm not sure if John gets paid Conor McGregor levels. If he doesn't, that's insane. It would be crazy. That would be nuts. Granted, though, I was here in Vegas when, when Amanda Nunes knocked out Ronda Rousey. Amanda Nunes headlined that pay-per-view. She was the champion. She was on the poster. In the, in the co-main event, Cody Garbrandt fought Dominic Cruz. Do you know that Amanda Nunes, the champion, the headliner, the cash cow, I guess you could say Ronda was a cash cow, but we've seen how that match ended up. Amanda got paid the fourth most that night. Both competitors, Cody Garbrandt and Dominic Cruz in a co-main event, got paid more than the champ in the main event. That That is something that Dana will never be able to get away from. Explain that, Dana. And, I rem and now I remember specifically when Amanda finished the fight, I wondered why. She went to Dana on the side of the cage and said, you have to listen to me now. Oh, I you didn't see that. You have to listen to me now. I didn't even see that. And you seen Dana go, all right, all right. And I was sitting there like, what was she, what was she talking about? And she kind of said it afterwards. She said, nothing against Ronda, but that's his golden child. So I told him, if I beat her, you got to give me whatever I want. You got, I'm your golden child if I beat her. So Amanda said, whatever you want. You could pay me whatever you want. I don't care because I'm a finisher. And when I finish her, you owe me. Absolutely. So that's why when she finished her, she went to the gate and said, you have to listen to me now. I did not see that. That's what's up. <laughs> the lioness is no joke, bro. 
which is which is another reason why I love the UFC because Dana, I feel like has those moments where Dana would be like, "All right, all right, you win, you got it." He's open to. I think I think Dana's open to new information, changing his opinion, which we all should be. We talk about that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay to change your opinion if you get if you get introduced with new information. It's fine. But again, um, I'm, I'm excited to see John Jones do something. I know Dana is and John are going back and forth. John asked to be released from his contract this morning. Really? Yes, because he said that Dana went on, uh, I believe it was first take, and um, said that uh, they asked about John Jones, and he said that he wants to see John Jones fight too. He said, but John is, you know what I mean, talking about moving up to heavyweight. And we told John if he ever wanted to move to heavyweight, we would restructure his contract because his contract right now is for a light heavyweight. If you want to restructure that and go to heavyweight, we could do that. He said, how much do you want? He said, John came back with, an, with, an, with a number that wasn't going to happen, basically. He said, and if John wants to come out and say the number, then that's fine. And I know Dana has dealt with way more negotiations than I have. However, having that one negotiation go horribly left for me. I've learned and I've talked to a lot of different people who have dealt with organ or dealt with negotiations way bigger than the ones that I have so far. And everybody will tell you, you go in there and you ask for more than you want. Exactly. And then bring it back and it'll get brought back down to what you'll really take. Because you'll probably still settle for something that's still over what you originally walked in there as your base. 100%. So I know Dana knows that. I understand that you're talking to John Jones. So if John said, I want $100 million, and you was like, dog, what? I don't even get that in a year. Like, whatever, whatever you want to tell him. And then you hit him with your response. And I'm assuming, knowing how Dana White is, he's done all of that. Something happened for Dana to say, nah. Like, if John's not backing off of that number, then we're just not, you're just going to sit there then, I guess. And he should get that money. Like, you ask people who know nothing about the UFC... There's a good chance they've heard of John Bones Jones. Most definitely. If they're into combat sports, they know about John, John Bones Jones. For Even, sure. like, people who have very little idea. Like, if you were, like, relatively aware of sports as a concept, you've probably heard of John Bones Jones. No question. I think him and Conor McGregor are probably, and Habib now. Habib now. Are probably the most recognizable figures in UFC. Right now. I'm not getting in an argument. And Amanda. And Amanda. And Amanda, yeah. And Amanda. No doubt. I was just thinking, I was just looking at every division. DC, maybe. Maybe. And again, the DC thing might be the John Jones effect. Especially now with DC, uh, you know, on ESPN more often. Doing detail. Like, DC's a, bro. DC's crazy. DC's, he's a hard worker, bro. He is. Nuts. Um, Where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, Dana. So Dana said if he wants to talk about that number, whatever, whatever, he, he, he wasn't going to do it. So, <laughs> John Jones came out and was like, first of all, stop lying. <laughs> like, don't. That's not the case. He was like, I didn't come in here and ask for Deontay Wilder numbers. He was like, but but if Deontay Wilder is getting paid $30 million, let's settle one half. 15 Right. And I sat there and I said, I don't think John just told us what he tried to negotiate. But if John just said on a public pl- platform, let 15 be the number. Dana, is 15 not doable? I don't know. I'm genuinely asking. Like, is 15 not doable? You don't think that if you move John Jones up to heavyweight and you stage him and Francis Ngannou, you're not going to get that back? 
I mean, granted, I guess you would have to consider, too, if if he's getting 15 mil, his opponent would want something that's not too far from it. I'm not, right. I'm not guessing 10 million, but I'm saying that they would still want to be in the millions. He's not about to make 15 million, and I'm in the same octagon with him, and I walk away with 500,000. We're not doing that. No. We're not going to no. do that. Especially if I win. We're not doing that. So I wonder how much Dana's taking all of those things into consideration. But um, John tweeted that out, and then right after that, and tweeted, okay, you're talking all that big guy stuff about not caring. If you don't care, release me from my contract. I agree with Bones. And that's why I felt like you can't overplay your hand. You can't be like, oh, well, if that's what, what number he's going to stay on, then we just won't talk. Da, 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 da. Cool. Then release me. And yeah. I'll go finish these two fights somewhere else. That's not a good negotiation tactics. So I'm not quite sure where this goes. Um, I do think we are leaning towards a John Jones retirement announcement. Oh. I don't think he fully retires, though. You get what I'm saying? I think he retires to get their attention, and everybody's like, oh, John is done. John is over. And then he comes back. And then he comes back at heavyweight, probably fights two times and fully retires. You think if he beats, let's say he moves up heavyweight, Mm -hmm. fights Francis and wins, you think that'll be it for him? No. No? I think he wants the title after that. Because I think think Francis is the scariest person at heavyweight. So if he beats Francis, he's like, I beat DC already. Stipe beat DC. So he's probably looking at everybody else like, okay. I, I told you I would love to see him and Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades is a dog, bro. I gotta watch some highlights. Curtis Blades, yeah, bro. He's so he's. I've never seen him fight before. He's a legit heavyweight, but he wrestles, bro. Like like a legit wrestler. So you think a lot of those bigger dudes get in there and they ready to wind up for the with the overhand, and next thing you know they laying on their back for three and a half minutes, gassed like. And Curtis is just on top looking at the ref, looking at the time. <laughs> and then, of course, the second and third rounds, he's picking you apart because you're tired. And now you're not going to load up for the overhand because you, you know he could take you down with ease. So now he pop, 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 in and out. Pop, pop, push against the cage. Curtis Blaze is a dog, bro. Please go watch that man's highlights. Uh, yeah, I got to watch his highlights. Please go watch that man's highlights. So Curtis Blaze is fighting Alexander Volkov, I believe, on June 20th, I think. Is that his real last name? Volkov? No, Blaze. Blades? I think so, bro. That's so tight. I think so, That's bro. And it's Blaze with a Y. Like you like oh, wow. imagine somebody spelled Blaze with no Y and you'd be like, nah, add a Y between that A and that D. Yeah. Throw a Y in there. And it's like, huh? That's my name, bro. Throw a Y in there. <sighs> bro, I'm telling you, Curtis might be one of your favorite fighters when you watch him. Yeah, no, I gotta I gotta watch him. I think uh wrestling is probably the most important aspect of being a good UFC fighter. That's a good point. That's a good I know, point. like obviously it all it's all important, but of I course. think you really there's a reason why Habib is the best right now. Yeah, bro. And he might be the best like I think I'm not gonna well, No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, he might be the best of all time. And this is what's interesting to me, and I I guess we can talk about this really brief before we go to uh, our last break. But Dana I'm trying not to sound crazy. But Hmm. All right, I'll put it this way. We talk about the casual uh, mixed martial arts fan. Yeah. If, based on what Dana said, they look at Tyron Woodley's fights and be like, they're boring. They do the same thing looking at Habib's fights. Yeah. A lot of people. We love Habib watching Habib fight because we know what he's doing. 
But that's why we love watching Tyron fight. Granted, have I watched certain Tyron fights and been like, dog, where are you? Like, I just feel like you're not mentally here right now. I think I've seen it twice. Last night, I think he got hit in the mouth, and I think he just, first time he got hit in the face in 15 months. And I think it, 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 it was a shell shock moment. Takes a little bit. Yeah, but as far as him walking in the octagon just looking like he wasn't there, Kamaru Usman was one, and I can't think of the second one. But I look at those fights, and I'm like, okay, it, who did he? Was it Wonder Boy? I don't know who it was. He won the fight, but he just didn't look like himself. And I was like, you could have finished that earlier. But um, as a as a mixed martial arts fan, you you understand what Habib is doing and the pressure that he's applying from side control. Like you you understand these certain things. Do you you kind of get where I'm going? Yeah. Why is Habib praised for his meticulous? Like, walk you down, and I shouldn't say walk you down, but, like, drag it out and make the fight longer than probably it should be. Tyron did the same thing. Right. So I just wonder, what's the difference? Yeah, but you were right about the casual fans. I mean, like, even, like, uh, I remember we had, like, this fight party when he Mm -hmm. fought Connor. Yes, sir. And people, you know, were excited for the fight, and they were, like, getting mad. They were like, what, what is this? And I'm like, have you never seen a Habib fight before? This is how he does it. It's ground and pound, bro. This is, like, <laughs> I mean, he has, like, he has those hooks and the jab, like, and the kicks. Like, he has it all, but, like, mm-hmm. the man was wrestling bears at nine years old. Yeah. Have you seen him swim against the current? No. Home? You haven't seen that? No. <laughs> Bro, I'm so sick, bro. I don't know who it is, but Habib is in the middle of. Oh, bro, I have to show you. Like, and hopefully I can show you during the break. But Habib is in the middle. Of, I don't want to say the ocean, but he's in the middle of some lake, and mm-hmm. the current is moving, bro. And I'm talking, it's pushing him the opposite way, and he's in the middle of the, of the what's it called? Stand, stand pat. It's almost like he's treading water. And I showed somebody, and they were like, he's not going anywhere. I said, no, but he's staying there. That's the hard part. The current is supposed to be pushing him that way. The fact that he's not moving is explaining how strong that man is. He's swimming through that current. Habib is a monster, bro. I, I and he's so at, nice. Yeah, he is. Such a nice guy. Yeah, he's very nice. <laughs> Super nice, bro. And by the way, my support for Habib is not just because we're both Muslim, but that's a big part of it. But anywho... <laughs> Would I be lying to say that I don't support John because he's black? I most definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. I like people that look like me. I'm sure you guys do too. Um, again, man, I, I'm waiting for Connor to fight. Um, before we head to this last two minutes, um, or this last two minutes before the break, uh, who you want to see Connor fight next? Justin. Gaethje. Mm-hmm. Win or lose? Even if he beats, or if he loses to Habib still too? Oh, if Justin loses? Mm-hmm. To Habib? Uh yeah, I'd still want to see them fight. Cause you, cause I look at look, I look at Habib as inevitable. Like he, the guy's inevitable, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong, anybody can lose, but like, man, it just seems unless he gets hurt or you know, mm-hmm. it just seems unlikely at this point. He's inevitable. Like, one way or another, he's gonna wear you down. He's different. So even if Justin loses to him, I won't be like, oh wow, Justin's trash. Nah, Justin's like an incredible fighter. I'd still love to see him go against Connor. 
It would be left hook galore if him and Justin Gaethje locked into an octagon. Oh, that would be a very entertaining fight. Oh, my gosh. Bro. There's so many left hooks. So many left hooks. It's so many. That would be probably the biggest UFC fight since uh, since Conor and Habib. Yep. In terms it, of like, in terms of watchability, I mean. In terms of smaller weight divisions, maybe. Because yeah. I, think, I think if you do pull off John Jones and, and Ganu, that would be kind of. Oh, yeah. That would be the biggest one. And honestly, when you watch Curtis Blades, we'll come talk about that, too. Cause Curtis yeah, I got to watch Ganu, Curtis. I want to see, see how you feel about that. But I don't think Curtis would want to stand with him at all. How like, old is all. Curtis? It's a valid question. Matter of fact, when we come back from this break, no, he's relatively young. Okay. He's a, he's not a UFC vet. I'll put it that way. Oh, okay, okay. So um, we'll go ahead and do this last commercial break, and we'll go ahead and look up some stats on Curtis Blaze. We'll come back, and we'll talk NBA postseason standings, possible play-in games, and things of that nature. Stay tuned. I'm Terrell. That's Salim. You guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2. The Rebel HD2. Hey, Rebels. If you have trouble buying enough groceries for the month, visit the UNLV Food Pantry. Open throughout the year, the pantry offers non-perishable food staples to faculty, staff, and students in need. The UNLV Food Pantry is located on the Paradise Campus. That's at 851 East Tropicana Avenue in Building 600. No revel should struggle with hunger. For details, visit unlv.edu and search Food Pantry or email food.pantry at unlv.edu. I'm Paul Ingalls. Recently, my 89-year-old music-loving dad created a list of artists and songs that he felt were essential to his appreciation of music. Uh, historians say that Louis began to move the interest in jazz music from the ensemble to the individual instruments. Louis Armstrong, Bing Crosby, Count Basie, Ray Charles. Listen for My Dad's Favorites, a Greatest Generation playlist. The special Veterans Day programming beginning this Friday at 4 p.m. on 91.5 The Source. Understanding the many things in a mother's life affecting her pregnancy is important. You can help improve the health of all mothers and babies in Nevada by completing a Pregnancy Risk Assessment Monitoring System survey about your recent pregnancy. Also known as PRAMS, the survey is from the Nevada Division of Public and Behavioral Health and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The survey asks new moms about their experience before, during, and after pregnancy. Responses are confidential and used to help improve the health of mothers and babies in Nevada. If you receive a PRAMS survey, please share your story. Learn more at nvprams.dpbh.nv.gov. That's nvprams.dpbh.nv.gov. This message sponsored by the Nevada Division of Public and Behavioral Health aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Jason Roth, VP of Communications, Roseman University of Health Sciences, on the power of radio. We use a lot of radio. One of the main things we try to accomplish is to drive traffic to our website. They hear it on the radio, they immediately go home, and they go online, and they search for it. The reason I know that it works is because they search for us by name. Radio hits more people in the community than many of the other things that we do. Radio will always be part of our mix. Harness the power of radio at thepowerofradio.org. Welcome back. Welcome back to Talk That Talk on 91.5, Rebel HD2, KUMV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. I'm your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with Scarlet and Gray Free Press Extraordinaire, Salim Dweck. Thank you. 
right before the break, we were talking about Curtis Blades, and we were talking. <laughs> I mentioned how I wanted to see Curtis um, fight Francis Ngannou, and I, I I was open and I said that I wasn't um, on to Curtis Blades until a couple of years ago. I wasn't aware that he made his debut in April of 2016 against Francis, and he lost. Yeah. And since then, Curtis has lost only one other time. To Francis Ngannou. Again. He is 13-2 and two with, I think, one no contest? One no contest. So we're going to leave Francis alone. So we're just going to leave Francis. 6'4", 259 pounds. And again, a nice guy. Like, those are the scariest dudes in the world, I think bro. he has a 80-inch uh, wingspan. Or no reach, reach. Sorry, uh, you can. He can have it, bro. He can have it. What's that? Six eight? Yeah. John Jones is eighty four. I did not know. That. <laughs> I think John's reach is eighty four because him and uh, Alexander so Gustafson was close. Weight. He has a seven foot reach. That's crazy. Eighty four and a half, brother. Bro, he's got Shaq reach or uh, Shaq's wingspan. I don't know Shaq, but like in terms of Shaq's height. Have you met Shaq? This is random. Have you met Shaq? My brother did. My brother got a photo with him at the Venetian last year. I have never heard anybody would give me a bad Shaq story. No, he's the nicest guy. I know we keep saying that guys are like really nice, but no, seriously, like Shaq might take the cake. No, Shaq like, is the nicest dude in the my world. My brother talked to him for like 15, 20 minutes. Like Shaq's are super My dad nice. got a brilliant story about Shaq. Shout out to Shaq, man. Shout out to Shaquille O'Neal. And shout out to Shaq too. Because Miami Heat legend. Just thought I'd mention that. He has a ring with you guys, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just let that rock. I'm going to let that rock. And shout out to Sean Marion, too. UNLV, you know? Yeah. Um, but nah, but shout out to Shaq only because Shaq is one of those people, too. Shaq, um, Mark Cuban, Magic Johnson. I'm trying to think. I didn't really talk to Adam Silver that much, but probably Jerry West. Those four people, when you talk to them, I promise you it's like you're underwater. You don't hear anything else around you. Those people look you right in your face. I remember Mark Cuban specifically when I sat down for the interview. Ironically enough, shout out to Tim Hardaway Jr. I accidentally sat in his seat. But anyway, I was sitting on the floor and, and Mark was like, go ahead and sit here. And I sat there and we was, we was doing an interview and he was like, hold on, before we start, what's your name? I was like, Terrell. He was like, hey, Terrell, how's it going? I'm Mark Cuban. And I was like, of course I know you are. So we went ahead and did whatever we did. We did the interview. Um, the rest of Summer League, every time Mark Cuban saw me, he made it a point to lock eyes, shake my hand, and say, Terrell, how's it going? That's nice. I like that. Obviously, it goes without saying, the team I root for, <laughs> I'm not a big Cubes fan. I can believe you. But uh, that's, that is a nice story. So, in uh, the same kind of goes with Shaq. Shaq remembers you. If he if he recognizes your face, you'll see Shaq gives you a different response. It's like it's a multiple time that he's seen you. Kind of same thing with Jerry West, same thing with Magic. Because he had I his, think, sorry, sorry oh, have at it. He had his gym in Miami. I don't know if he still has it. Shaq? There. Yeah, yeah. He had I his gym does. like in South Miami. Doesn't he still awesome. live there? He has a house, I think, in Star Island. Because Studio G is in Atlanta. So, I would assume that he would live in Florida because it's close. He definitely still has a house in Miami. That I'm pretty sure about. I wouldn't give it up. Because <laughs> he has, uh, we, we have like in Miami, there's these little islands right off like maybe 100 yards from the mainland. Mm -hmm. 
and or maybe 200 300 yards like Star Island, Palm Island, a lot of ba- a lot of the NBA players. I think Wade lived there for a while. Right. Um Yeah, but Shaq actually there was this awesome story. I didn't go to this game, but maybe a lot of like national guys don't know this cuz mm-hmm. it was very like I didn't see it get reported. This happened like 2005. Mhm. So Shaq was in Miami at the time. And I guess he's diving for a loose ball <laughs> and he barrels into like this six, seven year old kid or whatever. Oh my God, and the kid is like crushed and he's on the ground. And uh, the kid's dad mm-hmm. had like this gigantic what looked to be Coca-Cola or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Shaq takes the kid. He sits him up and he like dusts him off. And then he grabs the dad's Coke and he goes, the diesel needs fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's Shaq at all times. Bro, that kid, I don't that's know who he is. all times, That bro. kid probably, to this day, that's a memory he'll never forget. And the dad. You got his coke stolen by Shaquille. <laughs> Are you going to say anything? Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> Are you going to say anything? <laughs> I didn't think you would. You're going to let it rot. The diesel needs fuel, man. Bro, Shaq is one of the nicest dudes in the, the world, The man. big Aristotle. <laughs> the big Shaq this. Um, <laughs> the, big, the big philosopher. Shaq, hey, my mom always says that Shaq's nicknames could go on for days. Like he, he knew he has he a doing. million nicknames. He knew what he was doing, bro. Trust me. The big Aristotle. Um, <clears throat> it's looking like the NBA. Speaking of Shaq, it's looking like the NBA. Oh, back to my point, really quick. The Jerry West and Magic Johnson point. Mm. I think the reason why they do that is because they realize who they are. The logo. That's magic. just yeah. That's just I. I think it. I think I even told Magic when I met him. I was like, I feel like this is like meeting the Godfather, and he kind of laughed. And I was like, No, I'm serious. Like being <laughs> from LA, like you get a Magic Johnson blessing, and it's like, dog, you can't tell me no. I think that'd be the same for Pat Riley in Miami. No question. That'd be like a no. Question. He's really the Godfather of this whole thing for sure. So I think that. I don't know. And I, I I made it. Magic is one of those people, too. Like, every time he saw me after that, he called me by my first name. So I think people that awesome, make man. it a point to call you by your first name when you see him. Like, uh, imagine the first time you hear it, you're going to be like, wait, I'm Terrell. Wait, that's me. Wait, you're talking to me? Hi. When when did you meet these dudes? Summer League. Summer League. Summer League. That's what's up, man. Summer League. Um, We were supposed to do it this year, but whatever. We'll talk about it. Whatever. (laughs) We'll talk about it. There's there's still multiple years. Um, But speaking of the NBA, it's looking like the NBA is coming back to your neck of the woods. It's going to Florida, man. Yeah, we don't claim Orlando, but yeah. (laughs) Why don't you claim Orlando? Okay, no, Orlando can stay, but here's the thing. (laughs) So here's one thing you need to know about Florida. I don't know. Maybe California is the same way. Okay. South Florida Mm -hmm. is like a different state than the rest of Florida. I, I feel you. And I let me tell you, you, I lived in Jacksonville, Florida for nearly two years. Okay. Which is in the northeast part of the city. And it's 800,000 people there. You have all sorts of different people. Let me tell you, as someone that grew up in South Florida and then went to Jacksonville when he was 19, it's different. <laughs> I'm not going to say what's so different, but you can imagine what's different about it. Oh, but let me just say this. So South Florida is like a different state, man. Okay. Once you get north of West Palm Beach, I mean... <laughs> Orlando's the exception because Orlando's still a major city. Like other than that, man, you get north of West Palm, you're in a different. You by yourself? Yeah, like it, it must be like in California when you get north of a certain area, like you're in a like you go to Northern California. It's it's bro, we it's, don't claim that. Northern Cal. <laughs> hey, I don't have to tell you guys what Northern certain Calif- areas. Certain areas. Yeah. Like I'll put it this way: when a person say that they're from California, like it happens out here a lot. So like if we're in a class and somebody be like, "Oh, I'm from LA." 
usually a person from Nevada that was born and raised in Nevada be like, oh, okay, cool. They're from L.A. I've had plenty of times certain people. I've had it happen to me before, and I, I actually respect it. I've said I was from L.A. before, and somebody raised their head up and was like, what part? And I was like, cool. Now I get to get specifics. <laughs> I was like, I say Inglewood for you guys. I know a lot. Of, oh, I say L.A. for you guys. So I know a lot of you guys probably haven't been there, but right. Inglewood, California specifically. And the dude was like, oh, I'm from Inglewood, too. And I was like, bro, bet. That's what's up. But it's one of those moments to where we had a moment. But then I heard one person say that they was from L.A. one day. And I didn't even think about it in the moment. I was like, oh, where from? I think the person said Pomona. I was like. Isn't that pretty far? I just looked at the person and was like, oh. <laughs> okay. How far is Pomona from like. Dog, we go to Pomona for the fair. We talking like an hour away? Depends. Depends on what day you're going and the traffic that it is. But hour and 20 minutes to hour and 45 on a bad day. That's a long time. That's a long time, bro. So you're not from LA. So that, or in my mind, that's what I thought. But I was like, to them, I kind of see why they probably was like LA. If they were in LA, I don't think they probably would have sent them from LA. You get me? Okay, so like when I'm out here, demographic. When I'm out here and people ask me where I'm from, I or say geographical. I'll say Miami or South Florida. I'm from Hollywood, Florida. Yep. I don't know if you know where that is. I'd know because of A B. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> ho and uh, Hollywood Brown, of course. Hollywood, Florida, in the Miami metropolitan area, mm -hmm. it's a it's two hundred fifty three hundred thousand people. I always say like this for people from L A. Mm -hmm. If Miami is L A., then Hollywood is Long Beach. Like oh okay, it's okay, like okay, its okay. own thing, but like also a part of. I got confused when you said Hollywood. I was like Hollywood in California. Okay, no, okay, no, no, Holly Hollywood, Florida. I got you. Um, it's like Long. Okay. So it'd be like that, like it's a big, it's a big place. It's not like just some small. So I'm from Hollywood, Florida. But when people ask out here, mm -hmm. I don't say Hollywood because it'd be like, oh, you're from LA? <laughs> right. No, man. So I just say, <laughs> I either just say like Miami or Fort Lauderdale because Hollywood's in between Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Hollywood is in between Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Okay. It's in between the two. Okay. Uh, like where I lived in, I lived in South Hollywood. Mm hmm. I was like a 10, 15 minute drive from Miami Gardens where the Dolphin Stadium is. Okay. Okay. So that's like when people ask me out here, I'll say I'm from South Florida because getting in. But then when I meet someone from South Florida. Now nah, you can say Hollywood. Nah, I'm from, oh, that's what's up, man. I'm from Pompano. That's where uh, Lamar Jackson. I don't know if he's from there. I know he went to high school there. Okay. Pompano. My cousin lived right up in Pompano Beach, which is like an hour away from Miami. Mm -hmm. 45 minutes. Still Miami metropolitan area. And my cousin lived right by, and we used to, like, like we didn't even know it at the time. Mm -hmm. But we used to, like, when I used to go up there when I was in high school, mm -hmm. we used to drive past that high school, like, all the time. Bran Mar Branch Ely. And this is in Pompano. This is in Pompano, Pompano Beach, which is also Pompano. a pretty big place. Also, if you ever want to go on vacation and don't want to deal with the Miami crowds, Pompano Beach is beautiful. The boardwalk, incredible. You can get a fairly cheap hotel i'll send you some stuff yeah i was just about to say i'm about to text somebody right now because they just told me let's go to miami and i'm like uh hollywood uh, would also be a great option you got um you can go on sheridan there's a lot of quiet little little beaches tucked away how do you spell pompano uh p-o-m-p-a-n-o pompano beach florida okay bet bet on it i'll, I'll let you Beautiful. know how that goes um obviously if you're going to south florida visit miami but if you want to avoid all the tourists and all the crowds Man, Pompano Beach is awesome, man. 
I'm definitely about to send that text. Um, all right. So, you ready? Yeah. You ready all for right. this? Yeah. So we got 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, ish. 20 minutes ish to try to figure out what the NBA is going to do. So I think they just recently voted. Um, I don't even know if they had the vote out yet. I think it's Thursday. Thursday. They're going to. Oh, so it's still it? coming up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah I don't know if it was this Thursday. Thursday. But so they're going to approve whatever. Silver gives them at this point. But this is the interesting part, though. What they're they're not approving if it comes back. They're approving how many they're allowing, how many teams they're allowing to come back. So now we have the standings up, and this is what I want us to do: try to figure out what they're trying to figure out, and hopefully, I can try to make it make sense right now. Because so let's look at the Eastern Conference first: one through eight. Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Indiana, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Orlando. Brooklyn and Orlando in the seventh and eighth spots have under have sub five hundred records. Brooklyn is thirty and thirty four. Orlando's thirty and thirty five. So, spots nine through twelve are all nine and a half, nine and a half games back. Or less of the eighth spot. Now this is where I'm going to give you these nine through twelve teams from the east side. Right. You have the Washington Wizards at twenty four and forty. Send them home. <laughs> you have the Charlotte Hornets at twenty three and forty two. Send them home. You have the Chicago Bulls at twenty two and forty three. Send them home. And then the last team that would make it if you do twenty four teams and take twelve from both sides, the twelfth team in the east would be the New York Knicks at 21 and 45. Let me just say this, man. Because <laughs> a lot of these these bottom dwellers are going to be upset if they don't get included. You know what I hear from that? What? Be better. Yeah, all year long. Nobody, get let alone you guys, nobody wants to watch uh, Brooklyn without KD or the Magic, 30 and 34. Yeah. I, I wish they wouldn't even take eight. I wish they would take six teams from the East and bring like 12 <laughs> teams from the West and call it a day. Bro, first of all, no, I don't want to do that because that means the Pacers would be lower on the bracket. So I don't want to do that. But if Pacers look- are, dude, Pacers. Yeah, where are we at right now? We're 39 and 26. We're fifth. But if you take only the top six from the East and take the top, like, honestly speaking. Well, okay. If you took only teams with winning records, like, only six teams out of the West or out of the East go. Well, <laughs> no, look. I, look! Oh my gosh, man! I, okay, New, uh, the the Nets. If oh Kyrie's healthy, okay, I'm totally down to watch that, bro. No, okay. <laughs> no offense to okay. uh, to the Washington Wizards fans out there. I love Bradley Beal. I hope he gets traded to Miami. <laughs> but, bro, I'm not trying to watch Thomas Bryant and Ro- and Roy Hachimura, whatever Hachimura. His name. <laughs> yeah, whatever his name is. Like, you're not trying to watch Mo Wagner. There's Shout a story to Mo, about man. Mo Wagner, actually, but we're going to get into that later. Um, Podcast topic, apparently. Uh, listen, man, like <laughs> it's the playoffs. Nobody wants to watch Milwaukee stomp out the Magic in, in four games. Like, Let's get six teams from the East going. <laughs> Maybe, no, let's take seven because... Don't be I'm disrespectful. Trying to, I'm trying to think, man. Hold Don't on. Don't be disrespectful. Brooklyn's, in, Brooklyn's a seven seed at 30 and 34. Who's the eighth seed? Uh, Orlando, thirty and thirty-five. Oh, and the Sixers are sixth. Yeah. Okay. We let's so they just would cut, have let's just take Orlando out. Boston in the first. We'll round. take seven. We'll take seven, and we'll give like Milwaukee a buy or something. I don't know. 
okay, so how about this? So how does this work for the Lakers then? Let's look at the West. The Lakers are clearly at the top, 49 and 14, but it goes the Lakers, the Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Houston Rockets, the Dallas Mavericks at 40 and 27 in the seventh seed. And then here's where you get the teams that are under 500. You start at the eighth seed. Memphis is 32 and 33. Mm-hmm. Portland's 29 and 37. New Orleans are 20, is 28 and 36. Same exact identical record as the um, Sacramento Kings, who are also 28 and 36. One game behind, actually a half game behind them, the San Antonio Spurs, 27 and 36. Here's the interesting part, though. Right. The Phoenix Suns are at the third, or in 13th place in the West, but they have a 26 and 39 record with a 400 win percentage. They're the last 400 win percentage. But if you take on, on the West, but if you take the top, what, what are they, 13? But if you take the top 13 from the West, excuse me, from the East, one, two, three, four, five teams would be under 400. Look, okay. In reality, I like to joke a lot, mm-hmm. but in reality, just. Take this top 16 teams, seed it one through eight, and let's get cute the next year when we could break it up into one through 16. Let's just do it one through eight because all this comp, like, and as far as, like, fans like uh, New Orleans and Portland, I get it. I want to see Zion and Dame in the playoffs too, but at this point, like, public, I mean, player safety is a big is a big deal. It should be everything at this point. Like, the more people you, I mean, how many guys, okay, you got 15 players around, Coaches, uh, staff, uh, let's see, trainers. I mean, that's a lot of people from each team that they're bringing along, and that's like, bro, but nobody. <laughs> this is funny. I just do one through eight, just like. Or one through 16, you said, right? We can do one through 16 next year. So this is what. Because based on that, I think or, if you take the top 12 teams from both sides, Phoenix has a legit argument. You have five teams in the playoffs from the east side. that We have a better record then. What's your problem? Like, so, and on top of that, I think even up under them, okay, no. Then when no, you get have, to Minnesota at 14 and, and or excuse me, at 19 and 45, and then Golden State at 15 and 50, they're under, th- they're under 300. So we understand that. But I want to see if we rank these – in order from 1 to 16, who are these matchups? Because being a Pacer fan, I'm going to be honest with you. If we do this, I kind of like it only because I think we would be matched up against like a Denver or Utah. And I think and that you won't we have would to play shock Miami. the world. And you won't have to play Miami. Which is what I'm trying to avoid if you can kind of see it. <laughs> like If you can see it, I'm kind of trying to avoid that. Like that that logo, like it makes me itch. Bro, a lot of – a lot of, and I'm not just saying this just because I'm a huge fan. I'm just in reality. No, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but okay. Bro. I think a lot of teams don't want to see Miami this year in the no, playoffs. Don't it's, I don't think the Bucks want to see Miami at all. People are not. Bam looks to be like Bam is. That's what it is. Look, Giannis is going to get his. You're not it, guys, but Bam does a great job on him, at least compared to the rest of the league. <laughs> but what's the definition of a good job against Giannis? I forget uh, the last time they played in Miami. I believe the Heat won. I forgot what Bam held him to. But I'm pretty sure Bam, I remember Bam having a good game defensively on Giannis. So we're about to see right now who would be playing what. So right now, I'm just writing it out. So Milwaukee would be number one, the Lakers would be two, Toronto, Clippers, Boston, Denver, Utah. And then after Utah, I'm looking at 
Miami. So Miami would be the eight seed. And they'd play the Thunder. And y'all would play the nine seed, and y'all would play the Thunder. That would be a, wow. That would be all of a series, man. And then Houston right after that. And then after Houston, you get to my Pacers. And then let me add these last five teams in. 15, 16. So 12 would be Philly. And then 13 would be Dallas, which is kind of nuts. Um, 13 would be Dallas. And then 492 would be Memphis. And then just two last teams. So 439 is next. Or. Yep. And then you got Brooklyn. And then the last one would be. Orlando. So Orlando gets Milwaukee. Wow. We can't, we can't avoid it. <laughs> So Orlando gets Milwaukee. We got we got to just throw them out. <laughs> Brooklyn gets the Lakers. Right. Toronto gets Memphis. That'll be great. The that would be kind of good. The Clippers get Dallas. Oof. That would be a first round series for the. Bro, Clippers. these are some great series, man. Already, I could just tell. Boston would get Philly. Bro. We would get Denver. Pacers Denver. That would be a hell of a series too. These are all great. Like. Utah would get Houston. I think Houston would get them out of there. And then, of course, OKC and Miami. Yo, this would be... Oh, okay, hold on. Let's, right, let's, let's do let's this. Actually, yeah, I, I agree. Let's do 1 through 16. So, if Milwaukee moves on... Right. They would have to play the 8 or 9. Miami, you guys are getting out of that series, I would think. I think it'll go 7. I think you guys get out of that series. Chris Paul ends up in Miami next year, I feel like. Um, if not, Dude, I think that has to go seven. I mean, the Thunder, are so, I've been watching them, man. Since, I think, November, they've been, like, one of the top five teams in the NBA. So, Houston and Utah will probably have Houston coming out of that, but then it'll be Houston and the Lakers in the second round. Oof. I, Lakers win, but that Houston small ball. Oh, it would be Russell Westbrook against the Lakers. Remember, in, oh, my gosh. Bro. Remember the, the last game? In which in LA it was the it was Houston and LA and uh, Houston won. Oh, I won. do, I do, I do, I do. Russell Westbrook went for like forty something. Bro, he's their center. Oh man! I, by the way, Russell Westbrook's probably my favorite player in the NBA. Bro, he's yeah. I, you're not wrong with that one. Nobody's gonna say that you're wrong about that one. And then Denver and Utah, or excuse me, Denver and uh, Indy. Mm. You wanna give it to us? Victor Oladipo is having more time to rest. The way I'm looking at it. Yeah, Victor's ready. I think you guys. I think, that I think goes, we could shock him. Bro. I think that goes seven. I think we could shock him, bro. Dude, these are great. This like, is what I'm gonna do. This is fantastic. I'm gonna give us this series because we're gonna lose the next one because we would play Toronto. Yeah, I think Toronto got you guys. So, all right, I'm giving Indiana that one. Sorry, Denver. I don't care. <laughs> um, Sorry, Jokic. Yeah, yeah. The Clippers. They're probably gonna beat Dallas still. And yeah, then... they they win, but dude, that'll be an exciting five or six games. Oh. And then, okay, nah. The second round is going to be way too hard, bro. Yeah. Because then you have the Clippers and the Celtics. Upset alert. I'm going I'm going Celtics. But if Boston wins that. Well, let's, let's do it. Like, let's do it. What's up? I'm listening. Well, let, let's just keep going along. Oh, uh, this way? So, yeah. if, so. I think uh, the Lakers will probably beat Brooklyn. 
I think I can. Oh, they're going to be, well, I, I would assume that they would be Brooklyn, but the second round they would play Houston. When the game slows down, man, you have big men, and they don't. So yeah. I think the Lakers, Lakers, Lakers are going to win. Six. Lakers are going to win. But man, Houston, that's going to be Houston's going to Houston's going to give it to them, man. So the Lakers would. So wait a minute. So the Lakers would have to play. Yeah. So they would have to play the winner of Toronto and Indiana. Come on, bro. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like so, maybe Toronto wins that one. I'm gonna say maybe. Um, I don't know, man, because then that means on the other side of the bracket, you got Milwaukee and Miami and the Clippers in Boston. Okay. Milwaukee will probably win. I'm just going to say that. But you, I think you guys can create the wall, bro. I think if, if bro, Toronto if did any last team, year, you guys can do it. If there's any team in the East, in my opinion, that has the best chance, I'm not saying the Heat are the second best team in the East because I think that's Boston. Okay. But if there's any team... In the East, that I think would give Milwaukee the the most trouble, just because of their defense, mm-hmm. it would be the Heat. So we're going bro, Celtics Jimmy, in this one, Jimmy right? and Bam, some playoff defense, bro. What? Not to mention Duncan Robinson is a long kid. Like his arms are really long, bro. One thing, uh, Jimmy Butler struggled with his shooting this year. Mm-hmm. People don't realize he had uh, some wrist some wrist problems in Philly. Right. Maybe now with these three four months off, he's gonna get. Maybe he's. Maybe he'll have a chance to rest. He'll he'll shoot better. I don't know. Maybe that's just the optimist in me. Right. But a lot of guys, that's what's awesome about that. A lot of guys are getting healthy now. A grip of them. A yeah, grip like, of them. That's so, why I'm telling you, I think whoever we draw in the first round, they're not going to want to see us because Vic is going to come back. Think about it. Who's talking about Victor Oladipo right now? He when starting, he was last seen healthy, Vic was dropping 28. Oh, yeah, man. Vic. Oh. He can He can go, man. I mean, obviously, you know, coming back from an injury like that, he's rusty, but... Right. But that's why this time is giving him... And he's probably been playing something. Sc- scrimmages and stuff like that. He's getting his body back into it. You see the moment that he had his surgery? I don't know if you... If I came in here and talked about it the day after, I think it, it might have been with uh, Alex White. When she came in, I kind of told her. I was like, you see what Vic did the day after his surgery, right? He, of course, he had surgery on his quad, so he was sitting in the hospital bed. He had sat up the bed and was shooting on a mini hoop. That's that's awesome, man. Dude, by the way, do you do you ever listen to his music? But, y- yes, bro. He's good. Yes, bro. He can sing very well. He can really sing very well. And if you listen to him do interviews, he's educated about the music game too. Very smart guy. Super smart guy. Like Vic Oladipo, if he talked more, I think people would would love him as a player more. But Vic is just Vic's in his own world. You know what? Now that you say, bro, that one through sixteen, those matchups are these are nuts, bro. And especially because travel's not even in consideration right now. We're all everybody's in Orlando. everybody's in Orlando. Okay, so let me let me shoot the magic a little bit of bail. We got a whole series against the best team in the league. Yeah, all at home. Do it matter? No. <laughs> you ain't got no fans to cheer for you. Yeah, it's just bad, bro. I went to a Magic game in twenty sixteen. Do you regret it? It was funny because I was living in Jacksonville at the time. The ride from Jacksonville to Orlando is uh, two hours. Okay. It was uh, Friday night, and I got it. It was the Wizards against the Magic. The tickets were like ten bucks. And I had asked like a couple people, like my roommates and like a couple people I was friends with. I was like, "Hey, you guys want to come down to Orlando with me watch this game?" They're like, "Yeah, nah, bro." <laughs> and I was like, "All right." I just went by myself. I watched the Magic game by myself at the arena. It was cool. I remember DJ Augustine having a pretty good game. 
Texas product. John Wall had a good game. Overall, it was a um, relatively forgettable game, <laughs> but not a forgettable experience. Relatively forgettable game. All right, so let's do this then. So let's do this real quick. Let's talk about um, this Final Four. The Lakers would have Toronto. And Milwaukee would have Boston. Lakers, Milwaukee. It might, you know, it, it could. I'm not 100% sure on that. It could go a lot of different ways there. Everything has pointed us to this all year long. But it wouldn't surprise me if, you know how everybody keeps saying, like, oh, there's going to be an asterisk next to this. There's going to be an asterisk, asterisk next to the uh the championship like whoever wins it i don't i don't feel like it should be oh it's gonna be because it's not it's not the same it's not a typical season right but it doesn't diminish anything however you know if braun wins they're gonna try to use that oh always but that's just that's just braun hate but if all if, if with everything that happened if the lakers and the celtics end up in the finals Oof. everybody would look at that asterisk and say and be like no, nine times out of ten, these teams are probably going to meet anyway. Exactly. It's only gonna. I think it'll only be considered like an. Asterisk. If like the Pacers win it, if like if you got if you got a, like a, a finals with like, you know, Oklahoma City and Memphis, if that's even possible. <laughs> like if you got a if you got a finals with that, I'm like, all right, yeah, there's probably an asterisk. A uh, Utah and Memphis final. Yeah, no, I would. Never mind. I'm not gonna say what I would do, but. <laughs> all right, man. It's time for us to go. Every time we get in, like, the last two minutes of the show, Salim starts to werewolf it out. Um, it, you know what? <laughs> I, uh, But it's true, though. Utah and Memphis, I would love to see that as a series, like, you know, in the first round. I don't want to see that series either. But in the finals? Ah, uh, maybe. Donovan Mitchell versus Ja. ja I, dude, the, the Grizzlies are must-watch. I have NBA League Pass. I have NBA League Pass. I love watching the Grizz. Hopefully we can watch them up close and personal soon. Yeah, that'd be nice. Be very nice. Too bad they're not. Everybody's not coming to Vegas. The Mandalay Bay Event Center is waiting for you. Absolutely. John Moran, if you're looking for a place to stay, you can crash on the couch. I'm not even gonna hold you. The the <laughs> I know Vegas is like talking about what we could get and things of that nature. Vegas would be so blessed to get the duo of John Moran and Jaron Jackson, and I'm not just talking about on the court. Those guys would have so much fun in this city. And it could happen. I'm speaking into existence. It's going to happen. And you know what? You know why I don't feel bad? Why? Because normally I'd feel bad about that. <laughs> because of the city of Vancouver. <laughs> All right. This is getting out of hand. Um, and, and you know what I'm talking I about. I know exactly what you're talking about. And these are the reasons why I said it's getting out of hand. Um, We have, what, a podcast to do soon. Uh, I'm about to go ahead and go run to the house, make sure I got everything behind me, get some more last-minute stuff, make sure I'm camera-ready. Uh, my hair is tied right now. I got a fresh retwist under here, so I got to make sure that uh, we're looking, you know, somewhat spiffy for the show. Again, Florida man, Salim. Where are we recording it? Um, here, brother. We're going to okay. be somewhere in this building. I don't know where, but um, we'll be somewhere in this building. All right, but I'll so probably, I'm about to go to the house, make sure the pups are straight. Yeah, I'll probably go home and eat a little bit and meet you guys. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. I think that's what everybody's doing. Um, Daryl was supposed to be on the show today. He obviously wasn't on the show today. Um, but again, in a matter of time, 
We will have all this stuff worked out for you. Me and Celine, we appreciate you guys from Duna, from Caprice, from Daryl, from Ivy, from Aaliyah, from Medina, from uh, Jernigan, from Alex. We appreciate you guys rocking with us this entire way. Until next week, guys. Keep on talking. LA Rams in the city, y'all. Got special guests, got breaking news. Come talk to talk with Chatterbox. We got it all with Chatterbox.